Welcome to the Soul and Shade Every Podcast. It is me, Shades, the motherfucking woods of Connecticut. You sandbagged sons of bitches. You missed me. You fucking missed me. I'm back, but I'm alone. I'm all alone in the woods. I'm alone in my sobriety, too. We'll, we'll get to that later. But a uh, hammer uh, has the new COVID. He's the trendiest motherfucker I know living down in Austin. And he went and got the new COVID, like all the cool kids are getting. Um, so I don't know. He might be on his seventh, eighth, ninth booster. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, stopping the spread, he's doing his damnedest down there. Driving his car with the windows up and an N95 on, just like every other good Austinite. Um, so thank goodness for that. Um, so we're back. Football season's here. We're here. Uh, we're going to be back every week. Trying to do it either Wednesday, Thursday, coming out Thursday or Friday. I still got the Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble podcast. We recorded that today. Danny and them are out in Ireland. So actually, I sat in fucking Seton's chair today in the man cave, which was pretty wild. We'll get into that. Talk some Cowboys. Take some questions we got on the Twitter. Um, You know, find my Patreon if you're still into that. Give me money so I can quit my day job. Uh, but first things first. Oh, also, we're going to talk politics. I forgot to tell you all, this is going to be a strictly political podcast from here on out. Um, we're going to talk about the tenets and benefits of fascism and corporatism and how everybody is. No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> fucking cowards. We are going to talk about the GOP debate, though. That was funny. Uh, also, Donald Trump. Um, thanks to 63215. I just kind of want to uh, explore that. That's really in- enjoyable for me to think about. All right. So, uh, first things first, let's get some questions out of the way and we'll bounce off of that shit and use some topics to go from it. Uh, Producer John, what is our first question? How much credit for the 90s Cowboys will Jerry Jones try to take in the upcoming Netflix documentary about Jerry and the Cowboys? Too much or ridiculously too much? This is from Matt. Okay. So this brings up a very good point. And I'm sure those of you who have not started the Urban Meyer Swamp Things uh, Netflix documentary probably won't start just based off of what you saw on the Twitter. I started it. And turned it off. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that love Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer does. I mean, he fucking, this is a commercial for Urban Meyer and, and kind of Tim Tebow too. But Urban Meyer mainly, I don't know if he's trying to get into the College Football Hall of Fame or if he wants a new job in college football or whatever, but they left off so much shit just in the first couple episodes. The fact that you don't lead with Aaron Hernandez and the Percy Harvin and the Pouncey brothers and the criminality. Fucking Cam Newton stealing. The fact that you don't lead with the criminality, I guess, of of that team, those teams. I mean, that's just proof positive that this is a commercial for Urban. Because he had some straight up fucking gangsters on that team. He, He had a fucking multiple murder and motherfucker on that team. And I mean, something like 90% he shot a dude in Florida, and the pounces were there, and he fucking murdered him. Like, it, it, the fact that that is not the focus. They were incredible on the field. But that team, that's good. That's like your last team of just straight-up maniacs. I mean, shit. Minus the Alabama basketball team, I guess. We can fucking 
that's the, the most recent team. They got fucking dudes handing off hot pieces to motherfuckers who shoot people in the face, one of them being a woman, a mother, and he's still playing in the SEC championship game and the NCAA tournament and all that shit. Incredible talent, too. But the criminality of those Gators teams are what set them apart looking back. Of course, they were awesome on the field, yada, yada. So was Bama. Bama was right fucking there. Bama took it to him a few times. And Urban and his fake heart attack. like all The criminality alone made me upset. They should. I wish they did a real deal, like Billy Corbin style, Florida Gators, in-depth, gritty, behind-the-scenes shit kind of documentary. This was just a fluff piece. And that is exactly what you're going to get from the Netflix Jerry Jones documentary. Jerry is, you know, I love and hate Jerry. My relationship with Jerry is tough. Like, he can be the worst general manager we've had over the last 20-some-odd years, 30 years. I mean, he can also be the best marketer. I mean, people want to come play for Jerry. So there is a benefit to Jerry. He's also fucking entertaining as shit and incredible at marketing. But he's also, you know, one of the last old-school NFL football guys. Like, Jerry Jones had a quote today. Jerry had a quote today about motherfucking Sam Williams. I got to pull this up. I got to pull this quote up because this is like typical Jerry Jones shit. Sam Williams got busted driving like 30 miles over the speed limit or some shit. Right? But last year, uh, a couple days before Christmas, he was going 100 miles an hour. And then he hit like this 71-year-old woman, but nobody was seriously injured. So... This year, he's only going like 36 miles over the speed limit. So Jerry says, hey, man, you know, he's he's improving. Was he going 66 miles an hour? So he's 34 miles an hour less this year than that's last year. So that's an improvement. Nobody fucking talks like that. No owner of any professional team gets away with shit like that. And we're going to fucking miss him when he's gone. I'm going to miss this shit when he's gone. Offthefieldissues.com. And Jerry's like, hey, man, he's maturing. I mean, he's 35 miles an hour less this year than he was last year. Shit, shit, shit. Everybody's fucking laughing. They're slapping his back. It's Jerry fucking Jones, man. But, of course, he's going to take all the fucking credit for any Cowboys championship. I guarantee he's going to drop some bullshit about Jimmy. I wonder if they even interview, interview Jimmy. Like, that. that's my fucking question. Does Jimmy make a fucking appearance in the Netflix documentary? I don't know. I don't know, A, if Jimmy would agree to it, or B, if Jerry would ever have the stones to ask. Because if you ask Jimmy Johnson, what's he going to say? Jimmy's not going to let some fucking producer from L.A. tell him, hey, feed him these lines. This is what Jerry, we, this is the way we're framing it. Jimmy ain't fucking with that shit. Jimmy ain't fucking play that game. Jimmy's still not in the ring of honor. I can't imagine Jimmy sits down for an interview. But maybe this is how he gets in the ring. Maybe there's a trade-off there. I don't know. If anybody's good at making deals, it's Jerry fucking Jones. Dr. Jarrell. Uh, but yes, he's going to take all of the credit, 100%. But, I don't know, if he gets Jimmy on there, mm-hmm. might get goofy quick, but I can't see that happening, I just can't. Uh, but yeah, he'll take all the fucking credit. Uh, what's the other question we got, John? Uh, we got, um, from Keith, is this the year you make your debut in the Sun Belt, aka the Fun Belt, at a South Alabama football game? He, Keith here says he has the keys to the bar. Keith is a good man on the Twitter who, uh, I think he lives down there, but he always uh, invites me to come to South Alabama Jaguar game. 
which I love to do. I have to do it one of these days. This is uh, I probably bet on South Bama more. I would say more than any other team in college football over the last three years. I bet a shit ton on them. Do not take them week one. Tulane is going to fucking boat race them. Um, I don't like them at all. Uh, against that Tulane team. Tulane is pretty fucking good, but not a bad year last year. Not the worst year. But, yeah, i got to get down there, and I wish I would. Uh, but, no, not doing it this year, brother. <coughs> Fuck. Oh, that brings me back to my original point. Daddy's not drinking. Daddy hadn't had a drink uh, since the end of June, so it's been two months. Yeah. Uh, the roommate suggested I take a breather, which, to her credit, she was right. So we decided not to let Shay partake for 90 days, doing a 90-day quest with no booze. So, you know, I'm just left to my own devices, which is like huffing paint and smoking weed. I can do all that, but I just can't drink. And it's fine. You lose some weight. You quit getting so puffy, yada, yada. Uh, but, yeah, I'll be stuck doing sobriety. I'll be watching these games stone cold. I can't smoke weed and watch college football. I can't get stoned and watch football. That's not something I could do. I'll just, like, start scrolling Twitter and, and cook some food. That's what I'll do. So I'll just be stone cold sober. I can't help paint at the house. You can't walk around with a fucking face full of silver. Kids are going to ask you what the fuck's going on. Roommate sure as shit going to ask you what the fuck's going on. So I'll have to just be stone cold sober. Just chewing my nicotine lozenge, trying to quit trying to quit smoking too. I don't know what I'm doing. This shit happened to me, man. Trying to quit smoking. I quit dipping about a decade ago, but I'm trying to quit smoking now. I quit drinking for a minute. We'll see how that goes. I might prolong it, might not. Um, and I just smoke weed at night to go to bed. That's really it. Man, I got me depressed now thinking about this shit. Yeah, I need another question, John. That first beer back, Shay, is going to be economical as shit. Oh, can't wait. Uh, from Gilbert, what is UT's expectation this season for football and next year with Arch Manning at QB1? So I think he's kind of asking this year versus next year with the quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think we've all, and Hammer called this last year, that there's just no chance that Arch is going to beat out Quinn. And he was right. Um, that didn't happen. Quinn Ewers is the man. We expect him to have a good fucking year. Texas is the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12 this year. They're at plus 100. Next closest is OU, plus 350. This is their conference to lose. Um, we expect big things. We expect 10 wins this year. And we expect Quinn's live arm to really mature. You know, last year he missed so many fucking deep throws to Xavier Worthy. And a lot of people thought Worthy, me included, thought Worthy was going to transfer out. He didn't. He ended up sticking around. But if they can actually get on the same page, if there, if you know, if there was some real offseason development there, and hopefully Sark had a fucking hand in that, because that's the reason he's the fucking coach, is developing quarterbacks. Hopefully Sark's quarterback guru whispering shit comes to play this year. Because we expect big things out of Quinn and big things out of this team. Uh, they need to win the Big 12. Sark, otherwise, I think the heat's on them. Uh, but next year, expect even more things. Every, you know, the whole world's going to be watching Archie. But if they don't win the Big 12 this year, 
I think you're going to see some transfers that you don't want to talk about um, and maybe some recruits getting lost. But they need to make a big splash because as far as, what, 2024 is when the SEC, uh, I think that's when Texas goes to the SEC in 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their, their schedule in 2024, um, week one, two, and three, their first game against an SEC opponent is fucking home against Georgia, week four. So this is going to be, I mean, talk about getting thrown in the fire. Archie is going to have to figure it the fuck out quick. And that's the reason, you know, he's the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. It's because uh, he should be able to handle those kind of spots. We expect big things out of Quinn this year, big things out of Harsh next year. We'll fucking see how the SEC does when it comes to that. Um, yeah, pray for Quinn, y'all. Well, what else we got, John? All right, last question we got here is uh, conference realignment related from the oh Airborne Hokie. Which schools oh should God. join – or sorry, which schools should leave the ACC and what conferences should they join? I mean, I don't think the deadline's coming up, I think, on the ACC. I mean, Florida State should have left the ACC fucking years ago. Let's be clear about that. Um, They can't because of the fucking exit fee. But they had until, like, the 15th, I believe, to tell the ACC they wanted to leave, and they're not. But, I mean, the angriest fucking team in the ACC is Florida State, which is going to be fucking good this year. Because they they made the ACC change their direct revenue plan. If I'm not fucking crazy, uh, they changed their direct revenue plan because Florida State didn't think they were getting enough. Um, ACC, Florida State should have gone to the SEC years ago. If any, Florida State, SEC, that's what you fucking leave. Um, but they're not going to. But the SEC is the option. Obviously, you'd have to bring somebody with you, right? And that uh, somebody is who? It's fucking Clemson. That's who you bring. You bring Clemson, you bring Florida State, ACC disappears and dies. Then they got to figure shit out. Big 10 maybe gobbles up a couple. Big 12 probably gobbles up the rest. Um, and then you got your mega conferences. But if, if I'm if I'm anybody, if I'm the ACC or the Pac-12, I'm doing whatever I can to get SMU on my fucking slate. You're talking about top fucking five media market. You're talking about a town that loves football. You're talking about billionaire donors. I would do whatever it takes. And, S- and SMU is willing to take no money for the first five, six years just to get in a big conference. Okay, fucking bring it on down. Those boosters and that fan base, I don't give a fuck what you say. If you give them a part of a large major conference, you're going to see that team explode. And I think SMU can come back from a long time. The Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is fucking heavy. Not as heavy as Houston, but it's getting there. It's fucking getting there as far as recruits go. There's some real deal fucking high school players coming out of DFW. DeSoto, Duncanville, Sock. I mean, there's there's plenty of fucking blue blood high school programs that are printing them out. And they still are. But Florida State should have left the ACC a fucking decade ago. Anyway. A couple things here. Talking on the show a little bit, talking about the Cowboys. A couple of things on the Cowboys. Everybody, this is kind of how I view Dak Prescott, right? I think he was severely underrated coming out of college. I under, I didn't fucking rate him high at all out of Mississippi State. He was awesome to watch 
in in college, but I just didn't see him as some kind of fucking great pro. He was underrated coming out of college. He was a fourth round pick or some shit. Um, I think he was probably a little overrated his first couple of years when he lit the world on fire, won a playoff game, etc. I think we're back to under fucking valuing Dak Prescott right now. I mean, do I think he should be throwing 15 times a game or 50 times a game? No, I don't. Uh, I fucking don't. But I don't think pretty much any quarterback besides Aaron Rodgers should be doing that shit. Uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, motherfuckers like that. But they still won 12 fucking games last year. Eight and one at home. They still had a good year, even with him leading the league in interceptions. That, to me, is the biggest fucking cornerstone of all this. What is he doing with the interceptions? He's still making bad decisions. And I know everybody loves to say, you know, he didn't deserve half of them. They dropped them, hit him right off the shoulder pad. Of course they did. But fuck, y'all. I mean, if you want to talk about statistics and shit, it all evens out. How many of the touchdowns he threw shouldn't have fucking been a touchdown, but the receiver made a different move and fucking jumped over defender and made some miraculous... They're fucking stats for a reason. And if it's if it's an aberration, then it'll get even the fuck out. You'll see it the next year. You get enough fucking reps, enough pass attempts, it will even the fuck out. Right? So if he doesn't lead the league this year, if he can keep it to fucking 10 or under... He's going to have a phenomenal year, and so will the Cowboys. I just want them to really actually fucking run the ball to give Dak a break. I don't think – I think it's the same thing with Tony Romo. And I think it's even worse now because Dak is less mobile than he was before the injury, right? That's clear. But that mobility, I think, saved a lot of bad throws from him. And I think without that mobility, he's trying to force things, and his footwork isn't there because he's trying too hard. I mean, if you remember the Tampa Bay game week one, I mean, he willed that team to victory, but he also had some untimely picks that didn't fucking help things. And that should we should have beat him by a lot more. Um, but he did will that team to victory. I think he's an incredible talent, but I, is he the man? Is he that dude? I don't think he fucking has to be if you build a fucking roster correctly. I don't need someone to be that dude. You should be able to win a championship with Kirk Cousins. You should be able to win a championship with Dak Prescott. Absolutely. Without a doubt. You should be able to bring home a fucking trophy with that caliber of quarterback. We're talking top 10 in the league for sure. Fuck yeah. You tell me you can't bring one home. You can't have the fucking O-line, the defensive line, your secondary, your receivers, your running scheme. I mean, look at the fucking Niners. Look at the fucking 49ers. They're throwing draft picks away like they're fucking trash. And they're still where they are. They traded God knows everything and their mother for Trey Lance and then did it again for McCaffrey. And Lance ain't even going to sniff the fucking field this year. They traded what? Two firsts and a third to move up to the number three spot to get Trey Lance? I'm pretty sure it's two firsts and a third over a couple years. But two first rounders and a third rounder. I think... One of the picks was like the number fucking 11 overall that year. To get Trey Lance and he ain't doing shit. He ain't doing a goddamn thing. But look how fucking far they won Brock Purdy. If your scheme fucking works and you have a legitimate defense, you should be able to win a fucking trophy, a Lombardi trophy, with a Kirk Cousins-esque, Dak Prescott-esque quarterback. 
And I think Dak's better than Kirk. But for, for a point of reference, frame of reference, let's use fucking Kirk Cousins. Good enough for me. Don't let him throw 50 times a fucking game. Don't do that. But good enough to win. Speaking of winning, now we're going to go through the Cowboys schedule. And I got a motherfucking pen and paper here on the internet, on my computer. And we're going to go through the schedule and do wins and losses here. All right, week one, Cowboys at Sling Blade. That's a win. Week two, Jets at Cowboys. I'm calling that a fucking loss. You know why? Because Aaron Rodgers owns the Dallas fucking Cowboys. Week three, at Arizona. That's a W. Week four, the Belichicks at Arlington. That's a W. Week five, Cinco, Cinco, Cinco. Cowboys at Niners. I'm calling that a W. I think the Niners are falling off this year. I don't care what anybody says. Week six, Cowboys at Chargers. Now, look, these are two West Coast games. They're probably going to stay on the West Coast the whole time. I'm still calling that a loss. I don't think you sweep... I don't think you're sweet between the Chargers and the Niners. You're winning one of those, you're losing one of those. And then right after that, hopefully they stay in fucking in L.A. and the West Coast this whole time. No, nope, they're playing in Dallas. Never mind. Rams at Cowboys. I'm calling that a W as well. They're going to suck ass. And then we got Cowboys, short week. Cowboys at Philadelphia. Loss. The Commanders at Dallas win. You know what? We're fucking by the by. The, the Commanders, they're going to be good this year. Watch. They're going to be decent. That defensive line they got is fucking legitimate. Legitimate. Good luck running on them. They can get fucking pressure right up the middle. Good luck. Uh, fuck. That was the Commanders. Seahawks, that's a win. Philly again, that's a win. They're going to split with Philly. At Buffalo, that's a loss. At Miami, I'm going to call that a W, but I'm scared. At home against the Lions, that's a W. And then the Commanders again, uh, that's a loss. They're going to split with the Commanders too. So that's Shay, I got I'm you at. missing weeks weeks that's 9 my... and 10 there. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, yeah, Philly again. You're splitting with Philly and you're splitting with the Giants. Uh, Panthers is one of them. So that's a winner. At Panthers, week uh, week 10. Oh, at Carolina, week eight, seven, eight. All right, fucking fuck. Panthers, that's a W. Fucking Panthers suck ass. All right, did I do them all? I think so. What's your total? Oh, I got to count them. One, two, three. Fuck, do I have them winning 11 games? Am I high? I did not get stoned before that. I think I got them winning 11. Jesus, fuck. All right, 11 games. 11 games. That schedule ain't fucking easy, man. That schedule is not easy. Bills and the Dolphins. Panthers help out a lot. Panthers and the Rams help, but the Chargers and the Niners don't. Jets, too. That's not AFC fucking North. That ain't the easiest off schedule. You know, I remember I heard someone the other day say they got three teams, or the East, I'm sorry, out of the AFC East going to the playoffs. So there's no fucking chance you get three teams out of the East because their fucking non-conference schedule is the NFC East. I don't. I think the fucking Commanders are going to be a lot better than people think. The Giants are going to be about the same as they were. I think the Cowboys are going to be about the same as they were. If you're winning 11, 12 games and you're not winning the East, that just shows you how fucking nasty that goddamn division is. 
11 games. I got him winning. All right. I got 11. I think the total is 10 and a half, I believe, on uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, man. College football, that's coming up, too. Very important. Um, week one, Notre Dame against motherfucking Navy in Dublin. I got the under 50 and a half. I hit that. But more importantly, um, New Mexico State. New Mexico State. You need to remember something. Two words. Diego Pavia. Number 10 for the other Aggies. New Mexico State out of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Fantastic campus, by the way. I've been there, part of there a few times. Las Cruces is a shithole. But Diego Pavilla at a Volcano Vista High School, an ABQ bitch, stay off of Central New Mexico, motherfucking United States of America, the three-sport athlete. This dude was a wrestler, football, baseball, Diego Pavilla. The dude can fucking sling it. They got four out of five offensive linemen returning. I think three out of four on the defensive line returning. They got two transfers from uh, TCU and Michigan State as far as running backs go. They finished last year badass. They fucking beat the brakes off of Liberty. I, I am, This is my team I'm zeroing in on, so I'm hitting it heavy. New Mexico State minus six and a half. Follow me if you dare. Uh, but this is this is week one. This is how we start off. I'll have more bets, you know, when we get closer down to it. The line's going to move and shit. But I saw six and a half, and I fucking hammered it. It's almost too good to be true. You know, when you see a line and you're like, oh, fuck, I thought it was going to be nine, and it's six and a half, and you hammer the shit out of it, and it's because you're a fucking retard and it went the other way. That's kind of how I feel. So be careful, but that's where I'm at. Diego, Pavia, here we fucking go, number 10. Let's get weird. Um, so that's first look uh, when it comes to motherfucking uh, college football. But I'm happy it's back. God, I'm happy it's back. Oh, man. Anyway, there was a GOP debate yesterday, last night. I don't know if anybody watched it. There was also Trump on Tucker on the Twitter. Which, by the way, I got to sign up for the Twitter blue check because uh, that's how you get the revenue share from from Senor Elon. I shouldn't even say I should say uh, King Elon. If we had American Caesar... And it ended up being Elon Musk. And when I say American Caesar, I mean Constitution suspended, Bill of Rights suspended, democracy suspended, almost like a like a wartime president, martial law, all that fun stuff. National Guard shutting shit down, no more homeless, no more crime, but also no more freedom. American Caesar, Elon Musk. Where do you sit? What side of the fence are you on? Because part of me is like, he would create a dystopian reality with like technocratic corporatism running the government, you know? Or the other side of me is like, yeah, but he would stop AI. He would shut that shit down and the border. So you got to weigh the things there. Um, hmm. Elon Musk is an American Caesar. I don't know. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, speaking of it could happen here, there's a great book I just finished reading. Uh, it Can't Happen Here. It's a novel by Sinclair Lewis. 
It's about uh, fascism coming to America, corporatism, really. Um, there's this fictitious senator that ends up winning. He's a secret fascist, and he wins, and he does all this crazy shit. And it's, you know, talk about how evil fascism is, which is fine. You know, you get an American dictator, they're probably going to be evil and they get at the end of the day. But I can still think. I can still fucking dream. A boy can dream. Because voting fucking sucks anyway. The shit's boring. We all know what's going to happen. We already know what's going to fucking happen. Here's my prediction. Chris Christie is going to be the Attorney General. Uh, Vivek Ramazawamana is going to lead like FTC or some shit. Nikki Haley is going to disappear. Senator Tim Scott is going to go back to the Senate. Asa Hutchinson is going to retire to Israel. Um, Who else is there? Ron DeSantis. He might actually fucking win. That motherfucker might actually win. Pence is not going to go anywhere near fucking winning anything. I think I really do think the Republican voting base is off of this neocon bullshit. I really do. I think I think the Ukrainian war question kind of blew my mind more than anything. That's the one time that Vivek Ramazamwamazamba kind of made sense to me. I mean, how much more? I've said this on the podcast before. How much more money is it going to take for Ukraine to win? And they can't give you a fucking answer because they don't think Ukraine's going to fucking win. They think it's just going to be a stalemate like this for the next 10 years. But no matter what, when this shit ends, there will be concessions when it comes to land or NATO or both. So we're just prolonging the fucking inevitable and burning hundreds of billions of dollars towards the defense military industrial complex. That's what we're doing. This is just a giveaway to Raytheon. This is not about Slava Ukraine. Give me a fucking break. You couldn't find it on a map a year ago. Shut the fuck up. This is about the current thing and having the correct social capital so people keep inviting you to dinner parties and are nice to you in polite society. It's the same fucking thing with wearing a mask when shit got crazy in covid Nobody thought they fucking worked. I didn't. But if you didn't put a mask on, people yell at you and looked at you. It just wasn't worth the fucking hassle. It's social fucking capital. That's it. We're trading in social capital. None of this shit is real. None of it means anything. The Ukrainian fucking war. Give me a break. They're never going to win. Ukraine is never going to fucking win. And Russia's too dumb fuck to do anything right about it. How about them killing that mercenary motherfucker? That's the <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Time out. Time out. So you're the head of a mercenary group, like the most effective fighting force in Russian armed forces, right? But you're still like separate because you're like a private military thing. The Wagner group, Wagner group, whatever the fuck. Uh, So you run that and you get mad at Putin. And so you march on Moscow. Then you stop halfway there, give up hide in Belarus, go to Africa. And then, like, what's the next plan? What's the next step in this grand plan? Like, you think Vladimir's not going to kill you? Like, do you think he's just going to let this one slide? He kills everybody. Fucking everybody dies. They fall out of windows all the time. He shoots down fucking airplanes and shit. And then what do you know? His private jet gets blown the fuck up. Guy's gone. He's dead. 
But I mean, if you're going to go after the king, you cannot miss. You cannot miss. You got to shoot him in the fucking head. I don't really want an American dictator. I just think it's fun to think about it. But anyway, my prediction is uh, my prediction is Joe Biden doesn't even run for re-election. Doesn't finish the election. That's my prediction. My prediction is he has to drop out for some health shit, and an actual primary happens, but the schedule's delayed. Kamala tries to take it, and she's the chosen one because she's a lady and she's half black. But I think Gavin Newsom, Whitmer in Michigan, even Shapiro out of Pennsylvania, I think a bunch of them step up and say, fuck that, we want a primary. And I think there's going to be an actual primary. And I think, I don't think Gavin Newsom's going to win, but I think fucking Big Gretch out of Michigan, Big Gretch out of Michigan has a fighting chance for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of fighting chances, I got to talk about the fucking ginger and the song that everybody knows about now, the rich man north of Richmond. So I heard that song the night it came out on the Twitter, Radio West Virginia, a really cool account. Y'all should follow it. Radio West Virginia has a bunch of people playing in the woods. It was common practice. Saw it. Holy shit. I loved it. Tweeted it. Turned this shit up. 24 hours later, y'all, it was like this fucking flashpoint of American politics, left versus right, you know, Yankees versus Southerners, fucking, it was insane. And all these right-wing grifters, these fucking huge accounts with all these fucking followers, latched on to this guy, but they got their fucking hooks in him and started promoting them and, and, and putting them on the radio and, and booking shows for him, you know, Daily Wire, people like that, just trying to fucking make a buck off of this dude. When I fucking tweeted it, it was just a song. It was just a fucking dude singing a song that made sense to me. And then the left came out and they're like, this man's evil. He's making fun of fat motherfuckers on welfare. And he's hateful and all this shit. Um, I mean, I guess if my question is for the online left. Like, if somebody agrees with you about everything, but calls people fat retards, do you, will you not work with that dude? Is that dude out of the realm of helping? And if so, isn't it on you to educate motherfuckers that don't do this for a living? To be like, hey, you shouldn't worry about a fat motherfucker on welfare. That's just another poor dude. You should worry about the structural power that put that dude where he's at. Right? So that's what the left is saying. You're so dumb because you're punching down on some five foot three, three hundred pound man eating fucking Twinkies, right? Fudge rounds, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. There's uh, there's logic there. You're right. If you are five foot three and three hundred pounds, the government should not be paying for you to get fatter and sicker and deadlier. Duh. Fucking duh. Increase benefits, fucking reward people for healthy food purchases, do not allow them to buy high fructose, sugary fucking bullshit on the government dime. We should be promoting healthy fucking food because the rest of this shit is just a giveaway to the sugar lobby. And these fucking online leftist losers who just want to be oppressed all fucking day, 
pretend like it's okay for somebody to be 5'3", 300, be a drain on our healthcare system, be a drain on the fucking economy because you can't fucking work, and all the while, our taxes pay for it. For what? Because you don't want to call somebody a fat retard? Well, fuck you, man. Fuck you. That's the reason we need an American Caesar, because of bullshit like this. Bloomberg was right. You should cap fucking sodas per the OZ. Fuck that. You need a 64-ounce big gold. If that's freedom, I don't want freedom. Take my fucking rights. I don't want to vote no more. Shut this shit down. Bloomberg was fucking right. Bullshit. This is why we need an American Caesar. This is it. So big old gambling slate. Uh, Does Notre Dame cover Saturday? Uh, I hope not. Because then the unders probably got a better uh, a better shot. Oh, we got one more question. Is Trump, and this is what I wanted to talk about. Is Trump really 6'3", 215? No, he's not. I want to look up something real quick and tell you. Uh, Michael Phelps was 6'4", 198. As an Olympian. Trump is saying he's an inch taller and 17 pounds heavier. There's no fucking chance in hell. I'm 6'4", 260. I am morbidly obese per the doctors. Uh, 6'4", 6'3", 215 is fighting weight. That is, I guess you're probably still fat according to the doctors. But to me, that's fighting weight. Um, yeah. That's fucking, that's embarrassing. I think, man, dude, I, I watched some of his Tucker shit. It just sucked ass. I don't understand. Like, he's up by, like, 40 fucking points in the GOP primary. I mean, I don't even know. Like, hopefully the Republican voting base is done with this neocon warmongering bullshit. Like the Nikki Haley's, the Mike Pence's, even the, you know, Chris Christie to a degree. Same with Tim Scott. Hopefully they're done with all this neocon bullshit. But I don't think they are. I think they got a whole lot left in them. Um, But Trump being that far ahead of DeSantis shocks the shit out of me. I didn't see that coming. I thought DeSantis would play a whole lot better than that. I guess he's just a bad campaigner. He seems a little goofy, a little bit, just like a little off. And Trump's just got that star power that just draws people in. Like that Vivek Vivek Ramazamazamazama. That dude's got, he's engaging. You know, people want to hear him talk. He's full of shit, obviously. He just makes stuff up left, right, and center. He goes back on this. You know, he's just fishing for a job. Maybe he's fishing for BP for, for Trump. I think a lot of these guys are doing that, but mainly Vivek. Vivek, Vivek, Vivek Ramazamazamazama. How about him and Nikki Haley going at it? A little Hindu on Hindu action going on. A little anger, anger. A little treaty for Modi might be needed. Nobody knows. There's anger all around. Um, yeah, that's a fact. Uh, do we got any more questions here, uh, John, or anything I'm fucking missing? I would like to know if you have any hot takes uh, for this NFL season. I'm talking big picture, and uh, I have one if you don't have any off the cuff. Oh, hit me with yours right away. I think that the way the NFL is going with officiating and reviews and shit, that at some point this year, maybe a big game, maybe a game that nobody really cares about, but we hear about it, 
the fucking chain gang and this whole like analog style of measuring first downs with old dudes who are volunteers holding these sticks, like that's going to get replaced with like some laser technology. I don't know how it's not already. Like there's going to be a big first down that fucks with betting lines and people's money and people are going to be mad about it. I just see like the whole old school way of measuring first downs and yardage like going away. And I think that at some point this year, that's going to come up. That's my hot take. I totally agree. And not only that, I think they're going to change the rules on overtime along with the laser measuring they have to. And I think that's going to be probably the two largest rule changes. And I think the kickoff and kick return is coming to an end. I think they're just going to end up putting the ball on the 25 and calling it a day. That, that's those, those would be my hot takes as far as rule changes go. But I think the major hot take that I have uh, is for the fucking Super Bowl. Jacksonville Jaguars plus 3,000. Jacksonville Jaguars plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl on, on, on fucking DraftKings.com pitch. You could really bet off on those considering their season. I mean, if you look at the Jaguars' schedule this year, uh, week one, they, they're what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. Yeah, week one, they're at Indian, Indianapolis, right? Win that game. Week two, they're at home against the Chiefs. They lose that game. If they lose bad, you might be able to get them fucking better than plus 3,000. But then they got the Texans and the Falcons. They're going to start the fucking season 3-1. and one. Those odds are going to get better. You hit them now. You can start hedging that shit because the Bills are coming up after that. Then the Colts, the Saints, the Steelers. It's another three fucking wins right there. Lose to the Niners. Beat the Titans, the Texans. Lose to the Bengals. Beat the Browns. I mean, I fucking like the Jaguars. That wide receiver fucking crew they got is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, We're talking Calvin Ridley, Kevin Austin Jr., Seth Williams, Jacob Harris. I like it. I like it. Fucking Evan Ingram still a tight end. Ooh, I'm telling you. Travis Etienne still that motherfucker. He's still that motherfucker. I like the Jaguars. That's my fucking hot take. That's stinky hot. I like the Jaguars. I'm sure a lot of other assholes said the same fucking thing, but there we go. Um, oh, uh, one more fucking question I got on the internet. If you didn't have to worry about job, family, etc., and you had to choose one U.S. state to live in, where would you live and why? One state. This is a great question. It would not be California. It would not be Texas. If I had to choose one state, you know where the fuck I'd live? Maine. I'd live in fucking Maine. Fantastic fishing, fantastic hunting, whole lot of wide open space, sit on 20 fucking acres in a cabin, drive half an hour to town, nobody can fuck with you, do whatever you want, live off the grid. I love that kind of weather. I'm used to that shit now. Summers are nice and normal. Winters, yeah, you get snow, ice, and rain, and wind, and all that shit. So, fucking man up. Chop some fucking firewood, you big pussy, and put it in your wood-burning stove and your cabin. 
and have a great fucking time. Have some hot cocoa. Look out the window. See a moose. Go ice fishing. Spring comes. You go fishing for brook trout. And then you eat them. Shoot a black fucking bear. Chop its head off. Hanging on a hook in your living room. I would choose Maine. Absolutely. Oh, you got the ocean too. Oh, Taylor Swift has a house there. Can't be that fucking bad. You ever think of that? I'd be in fucking Maine. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're about in. We're about in for it. So anyway, this is going to be a weekly thing. When Hamer's done with his liberal COVID thing, we'll be back. Um, keep the questions coming. We'll have the uh, the phone number back up there. Find us on the Patreon. Um, and we expect a lot more uh, questions from you motherfuckers. Uh, keep making it work. And also, I want, kind of wanted to start a book club now that I mentioned it. Uh, it can't happen here. I'll pick it up wherever you want. Um, but it was published in 1935 by Sinclair Lewis, one of the coolest fucking authors in American history. Cool motherfucker. Uh, pretty much a renaissance man. A cool dude. But anyway, uh, check that shit out. Read it if you want to. Uh, next week, we can talk about Mind Were of Trouble. Fantastic book that I got from Mystery Grove Publishing. Uh, that's about it. Anything else am I missing here, John? If Taylor Swift wrote a song about you, what would the song title be? Mm. Mm. Please Stop Calling. Probably. Please stop calling me, freak. Yeah. Did I tell you? Did I tell you I was in a. Uh, I was in fucking uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut. It's like you know, it's like an hour and a half away from here in the woods of Connecticut. Great beach. It's where the Atlantic Ocean starts. If you motherfuckers don't understand, there's something called the Long Island Sound. And that's really the main coast of Connecticut. It's, there's like a big old buffer, which is fucking Long Island. And the water in between Long Island and Connecticut is a sound. It's not the real Atlantic Ocean, right? That's east of the of the Hamptons. But when you go up to Rhode Island, that first, pretty much the first town over the line is where the Atlantic Ocean starts. So the beaches are, you know, like beaches you would see in the Hampton. There's fucking, you know, some waves. The sand's nice, shit like that. But I was up there. And she fucking, uh, she got a house up there, too. I read somewhere the other day, she's got $150 million worth of properties. Just properties. Ain't that some shit? Man. Yeah, so her, her, her song would say, please stop calling me. I would get arrested, for sure. Can you imagine being with Taylor Swift and fucking that up? She's, like, going to be worth a billion dollars after this. Uh, concert tour thing she's got going on. Era's era's tour. She's gonna be worth a billion dollars. Oh man, I would never be able to forgive myself for fucking that up. Oh yeah, that's it. All right, that's the fucking show. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen to Dan Patrick takes a gamble. Um, we'll be back next week. Hit us with the questions. We'll try and answer all of them. Otherwise, do not stay safe. Do whatever it takes to survive. Nothing is real, and they're all going to laugh at you. Get it in, y'all. Something held me down and made me mad.
Out 